SAS Backwards is sponsored by Austin Lawrence Group, specializing in demand gen for SAS. It sure is noisy. I deleted 100 emails from vendors just this morning. Your buyer has gotten better at ignoring you, and you're going to need a big idea if you want to cut through all that clutter. Austin Lawrence is just the right agency to help you find it. So if your campaigns are falling on deaf eyeballs, let's talk. Visit austinlawrence.com today and let's build something bigger. Welcome to the SaaS Backwards Podcast, where we reverse engineer the success of fast-growing SaaS firms and explore strategies CMOs and CEOs are using to drive their businesses forward. Welcome to SaaS Backwards, a podcast that helps SaaS CMOs and CEOs to enhance profitability while they drive growth. And our guest here from the Ascent Conference is Chip House, CMO at Insightly. Hey Chip, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ken. It's a pleasure. And as I mentioned before we got started, big fan of some of your marketing work, Sharp Spring, before you were at Insightly. But let's dig right into Insightly. Tell me a little bit more about Insightly. I've done some research, but people listening might not know you guys. And a little bit about yourself as well. Sure, yeah. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Excited to be here at Ascent. So Sightly is a modern, scalable, and affordable CRM platform that teams love, frankly. So we're trying to find the space in the CRM market that's no longer large, legacy, expensive, hard to implement, hard to integrate cloud, and a very modern system that teams can use easily, that they can implement easily and integrate with the other tools that they love. And before Insightly, what were you doing and how did you get here? Oh, sure, yeah. So I've been in the SaaS space for 25 years actually now, Ken. And so it's been a long road. But most recently, I was chief marketing officer at SharpSpring, a marketing automation company that was acquired by Constant Contact in 2021. And then I went looking for an exciting, you know, growing SaaS company to be part of with a great culture. And I found Insightly and it's been great. That's awesome. So now, Insightly looked to me sort of like the next generation of tools like HubSpot. So it looks like you're building on a lot of marketplace understanding and traction for these tools, but sort of coming at it again fresh. Could you just give us a little bit of a landscape that you operated? For sure. Obviously, CRM is a competitive market, right? And it's been around since Salesforce started. It's been around before that, right? I mean, tools like Goldmine and things like that we all used on our desktop. Remember those days? Oh, yes. And, you know, so Salesforce brought it to the cloud. And uh, by the way, for 12 years, I was at exact target in scaling roles and Salesforce acquired our company in 2013. And so I spent a couple of years at Salesforce. So if I want to sell a company, I should hire you. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, what we find in our research that we did last year tells us this, Ken, that there's a number of companies that are mid-market companies that choose to buy Salesforce. It's like the whole adage, you know, nobody was ever fired from buying IBM and Salesforce is going to become that. Nobody's ever fired. Maybe they have been for buying Salesforce because you find these small companies that spend 200 grand a year on Salesforce and the administration and the services to make it it go and customize and integrate it. And so certainly a very, very powerful platform, but it's expensive to use and isn't right for every organization. And so we are targeting insightly at organizations that are mid-market companies that need 
a scalable tool that will grow with them, that will integrate with their software that they use, that will power their teams mobily, and also give them a single source of truth view of their customers. So not only do we have a CRM, we have a marketing automation platform, we have a Zendesk competitor called Insightly Service, and then we power it with our middleware connector called App Connect, which is like a Zapier product that we own as well. So it is a very modern CRM with all the kind of functional add-ons to run a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, you know, we'll have customers integrate, you know, MailChimp or QuickBooks with our platform, you know, and then we're converting a lot of those MailChimp users over to using Insightly Marketing over time when they need to graduate. And so that's why I say it scales with the company as they grow. And that brings a question to mind of product market fit. Yeah. And, you know, this is a pretty scalable solution. So how are you going about understanding what that means to the different size and complexity of organization? What are we doing on product marketing to understand that? Yeah, well, I mean, so the CRM has been in market for 11 years, and the company was founded by Anthony Smith, and he's an engineer by trade. And, you know, he wanted to solve the problem of having a CRM that integrated well with Google, and so that's how we initially went to market. It was with Google and G Suite and an inter highly integrated in-pain solution. And so for the first several years, it was very much product-led growth, self-service, growing primarily within those integrated ecosystem. It was Gmail and then Outlook and then QuickBooks later than that and Zero and other accounting tools. So it started out very much being CRM first and self-serve and product-led growth. And then when we added the marketing product in 2019 and then the service product in 2021, we started going to market to larger companies, right? And so they hired myself, hired our head of sales, and we started taking it to market through our sales team. So I'm not sure if I answered your question or not, but... I, I think I we got it? close. Okay, it, we got close. You know, I think it was a near enough hit. All right. That's very cool. Let's talk about growing the business really between you and your you know, colleague, partner in sales. What are the most effective growth strategies that you're using at Insightly? Like, you know, what are the hot buttons that you're really able to push now? And is there stuff you can share with others to consider in their businesses? Sure, well, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, the fact that we have you know, 25,000 customers, which includes a number of free users, right? So you can use Insightly just for two users for free kind of perpetually. But then, you know, maybe half of our business is self-serve and PLG, and the rest is all driven by us. But the motion that works really well for our work with the sales team, we're still about 90% inbound driven, you know. And so we know who our ICP is, you know. We're across all industries, but we're leveraging Sixth Sense data because there's almost always a good share of people that are in market for a CRM. So the survey research that we did last year showed that about four-fifths, 79% of people are frustrated in some ways with their CRM. because Not a lot of love out there. There's not a lot of love out there, right, exactly. It's almost like you throw them in the back of a taxi cab and have CRM confessions, you know, and kind of drive around. People will tell you all about why they're frustrated. And so, you know, we're talking about Insightly as a modern CRM that just approaches it differently for the market and for go-to-market teams, frankly, to help them manage pipeline and drive leads. And so we take intent data and we know that a large percentage of our customers and potential customers are on LinkedIn. And so we're managing content primarily through LinkedIn, some video, 
We have our own podcast called Closing Time, targeted at go-to-market leaders, where we're also interviewing folks in the space, occasionally customers, other influencers, you know, in the sales and marketing space. And that's proving very successful, though, as you know, a lot of it's untrackable these days. It kind of comes in through the dark funnel, but when you do the post-analysis, you know, companies that we've targeted in that way are buying our platform over time at a much higher rate than those that we haven't targeted. Right. Well, it's a high consideration product category, High right? consideration, yeah. And, you know, whatever, Forrester says it's 27 steps in the B2B buying process. It's at least that, you know, that, I mean, as they visit other CRM vendor sites, as they visit G2 Crowd, as they talk to people. And the cool thing is we added a how did you hear about a sort of, you know, user attribution to our demo request form. And we learned that about 20% of our sales comes from referrals and about 7 to 10% comes from former customers that now want to bring Insightly to whatever... Wherever they go next. Wherever they go next, you know? And so, you know, that's almost a third of our business comes from people that have used Insightly before and I guess had a good experience. That's very cool. I mean, yeah. I think that the how did you hear about us question is underused. Yeah. Well, you were smiling when I said that. So you've heard it a couple of times? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. attribution... I've been talking about attribution since I started in this business, uh-huh. and that's a long time ago. Yeah. And everybody wants to know, you know, where did I pour money in so that I could take money out? So First the problem is it's really hard to do. So we put all this phony automation on attribution, and then it turns out if you just ask people, they'll tell you, you know, well, I was on the, you know, CRO community, and somebody told me about this CRM, and... Then I was on G2, and you can get their whole journey. They'll tell you most of their journey. They might forget a few things. Yeah. But if you ask that a thousand times, you'll get a good picture of what the journey actually looks like. So, yeah, it made me smile. Tell me about, and this is really a leading question, the role of customer success. How is that function contributing to growth? And are they measured? And you know, where does that function fit in some Well, this is the maybe third or fourth company I've been at where we've run our go-to-market on the platform that we own. You know, so we use Insightly Marketing, Insightly CRM, Insightly Service. But our service team, obviously, I consider part of the go-to-market team, and they work very closely with our existing business sales team, which we also call our growth team. And so, you know, the experience that a customer has using the software, did they get onboarded correctly? Did they get their data loaded efficiently? Did it get their team enabled? Do they know how to leverage our integration tool, you know, to integrate the software that they need to use? All of that is super critical. Or are they even aware of it? You know, I mean, I think that that's the thing these days, as you know, if you have a large go-to-market team, even internal enablement and awareness is a task, right? Especially in a remote work environment, you're communicating again and again and again. It feels like the same thing. Right? And but as your team like, grows, you yeah. have to just start all over again. And, you know, it's the number one skill I think that a leader has to have in a remote environment is you have to be a really, really strong communicator. And you also have to be patient and understand that it can take some time. But it's similar with customers as well. Just because you sent them an email doesn't mean they're going to have knowledge that you, like you have X, Y, and Z in product, right? And so we're always surprised to learn that we have existing customers that don't know we have a marketing product. It's like, how is that possible, you know? But selling into our base of customers is a bigger business for us than even new business. So as they adopt more of the platform. 
So that's, I think, a really important insight right there. If you can't say that, you have to ask yourself why not, especially if you have a decent-sized customer base. Yeah. I'm always looking for that. In fact, I'm doing a brain date later, and that's one of my big questions. Is that existing business growth? Yeah. Upsells, you know, cross-sells, things like yeah, that. Yeah, what's happening with that? Because, yeah. you know, when you look at, like, the levers of growth for a SaaS company, there's price, there's your current customers, and then it's your go-to-market motion. Yeah, and I think that we love working with companies in fast-growing industries. Like, for example, we have a number in solar. We certainly have a number in SaaS as well that leverage the platform. And when you're hooked up with somebody in a fast-growing industry, they're going to add more users, they're going to add more contacts and things like that, So, which helps us scale alongside. I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you, you know, what is the role of AI at Insightly? And you know, where are you today and where are you going? I think it's interesting, a lot of companies didn't talk about their AI layer, and now everybody's talking about it, and also everybody's an expert. Yeah, everybody so, seems to be an expert these days, right? Yeah, so, it's amazing to me how many like 23-year-olds are all of a sudden marketing gurus on the back of this. Maybe yeah. that's another podcast. It might be. But tell me about the role of AI in this product category and for Insightly. Well, I can tell you that we use it in the marketing team for a number of different things. And, you know, whether it's ideating on what we're going to talk about and questions to ask an audience, you know, as we're presenting something, ideation around blog posts. We actually leverage it for our closing time podcast to help pull out the salient points so we can put sort of a great summary on our website for what took place in this podcast. So, you know, I think AI has a lot of potential in the CRM space, certainly for helping sales reps send better emails, for example, and use better language. I think for analyzing conversations and, you know, like analyzing calls and how do those happen for predictive elements of pipeline. And, you know, there's all those things that we're talking about. And, you know, I'd rather have our CEO on to talk about our product developments in the future, but I'd be happy to do that. That might be a like, great follow-up for yeah. us to do. So you had long career doing SaaS growth. If you were seated next to a founder at this conference, and maybe they were subject matter experts, but not SaaS experts, like what are the two or three things you would share to them as they're looking at growing here in 23 and beyond? I mean, SaaS has its own language, you know, and I'm in a few CMO groups, and it's really helpful actually to be involved in CMO groups where not everybody's SaaS. So there might be some B2C, even like hanging out with B2C marketers is a good muscle to kind of remind yourself of. If I was sitting next to a founder, I mean, a big piece of developing the go-to-market is, you know, if you're really early on, you need to figure out who you're selling to and why. And if you're already selling your product and you have product market fit, you should have spent a ton of time with your customers to understand why they bought it, where they heard about it, how they get value out of it. And just to have that sort of scrappy, curious attitude to all of your go-to-market based on who your ideal customer is, you know, because that's the beginning of your go-to-market efforts. It's the beginning of a investor pitch. It's the beginning of, a, you know, a marketing plan. So That's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, so many of the founders that I get to talk with, you know, they were sort of business experts who weren't even software people. Uh -huh. And so I'm always looking for those pearls of wisdom. I really appreciate those. Looking back on your own career, 
Tell me what you might do differently and why. What decisions did you make that you might make differently? What can we learn from that together? That's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I've been certainly lucky in my career. You make some moves that turn out well that you don't really know how it's going to turn out. So I spent my first nine years in catalog marketing at Fingerhead Corporation, you know. And the best thing I ever did there was raise my hand and say, I want to be part of the web team. You know, they were just forming in the late 90s, you know, and so that got me a chance to do e-commerce and build websites and send promotional emails in 96, 97, which is where I learned a ton, right? And so by the time I was hired into my first SaaS company, I already knew how digital works, you know? And I just, by the way, it sounds like the good old days. And by the way, 1998 was 25 years ago, Ken. I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, did, counting? I did some banner campaigns in 1998 and they had a 12 to 15% click-through rate. You know, which is mind blowing now, given that most clickers are a fraction of the percent that people even notice a manner at. You know? And so, what errors did I make? You know, I was a co founder for a software company, and my founder moved into the CEO role. I kind of took a COO role and determined that was not a role for me. You know, I'm much more of a marketer at heart. And maybe now I'm just too old to do startups anymore. You know, so I don't. <laughs> I need to be post product market fit. So I think not knowing my strengths and leaning into those and being. I think you have to be honest with yourself. You right? have to be honest with your strengths. Yeah, because you know when it was offered to me. Yeah, okay, I'll try the COO thing, and I certainly have elements of my personality, my skills that can support that. It's just not a sweet spot for me, and so that that was one error. And I think I didn't know myself early enough. You know, so it was beneficial. I spent nine years in catalog marketing because I got out at the right time, per se, but I spent too long there. I didn't learn as much about myself doing the same thing over and over again for nine years. Yeah. Hey, it wasn't on my list of questions, but it occurs to me. What do you think the role is in B2B for creativity as opposed to just grinding out the numbers? What's the balance there and how do you approach creativity and marketing? I think, I mean, CMOs these days have to be full-brained, I think, you know. So they have to have the analytics and they have to have the creativity or they have to hire strong people in those things, you know. And so I think creativity is probably an underrated skill in, in today's CML, especially in the SaaS world because, you know, now companies are doing these crazy things like tucking them under the CRO and, you know, marketing is just sort of serving sales, driving leads, you know, and... Of course, we have to drive leads as a business and we have to grow. That's a key piece of what marketing needs to do. But creating demand with a differentiated message, differentiated visuals, and leveraging the, you know, the way buyers want to be connected to along wherever they are right now in the buyer's journey. They don't know they're on a journey. A lot of them might not, right? Yeah, um, they're not thinking that. You know, and, and so I think creativity is what opens the door. Hey, let's leave it there. Yeah. Chip House, CMO at Insightly. If people want to learn more about the company, where do they go? They go to insightly.com, Ken. Awesome, man. Reaching out to you on LinkedIn, open to connections from people yeah, here at Ascent. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to have people connect to me on LinkedIn and check out our podcast as well. But I, I listen to yours, Ken, and I enjoy it. Thanks very much. If you haven't already subscribed to SAS Backwards, please do so wherever podcasts are distributed. And I can be reached at LinkedIn slash in slash Ken Lempit. 
and the agencies at austinlawrence.com. Chip, thanks for being a great guest. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the SaaS Backwards Podcast, brought to you by Austin Lawrence Group. We're a growth marketing agency that helps SaaS firms reduce churn, accelerate sales, and generate demand. Learn more about us at www.austinlawrence.com. You can email Ken Lempett at kl at austinlawrence.com about any SaaS marketing or customer retention subject. We hope you'll subscribe, and thanks again for listening.